Good morning. Are you hearing me? Okay, there we go. Pastor's funny and he's quite true. I've been praying for the ram in the bush daily, hourly, and by the minute. And he kept telling me it wasn't coming. So here I am. And frankly, just so you know, this is what obedience looks like. And this is what stepping out with faith bigger than fear looks like. I want to thank Daniel for um, the PowerPoint. I put the scriptures together and he did all the, the pretty stuff. So thank you. Church, we're, today we're going to talk about affairs of the heart. Pastor asked me to um, speak to you several months ago about modesty and about dress. And when I prayed about it and studied, what it really came, comes down to is our heart. So today we're going to talk about the heart. And affairs of the heart is because some of us have some affairs going on in our heart with certain things. And some of us are married to them. So we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. I want to thank my husband, my children, my friends and family for your prayers. Please keep praying. All right. So what I'd like for us to do right now is bow your heads, please. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise your holy name. We thank you for another Sabbath. We thank you for health and strength. And we thank you for each and every person that's here today. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds. Use me, Lord. I'm stepping out. It's your turn. In Jesus' name, amen. So our scripture today is from Psalms 51.10. If you'd like to, I'll give you a minute to open your word. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures today. So either your fingers will be busy or you can look at the screen. Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's a powerful scripture. In fact, I think it should come with a warning label. Because if you step back and stop and ask God to show you what's in your heart, you got to be ready because he will. And it can be a pretty scary thing to see. His answer may surprise you. Once he shows you what's in your heart, then you need to, to stop and let the Holy Spirit work to change that particular thing. One of the things I've discovered is the closer you get to God, the more you see his character and his love, the more you realize how truly sinful you are and just how desperately you need a savior. I had that experience recently when I had one of those why God, why, when God, when moments. And the Lord said, it's your heart. Wow, thanks. So I prayed and the Lord showed me, and he showed me at interesting moments and in interesting places. There were things in my heart that I had no idea. I'll give you an example. I was at work one day, and those of you that know me know I'm pretty mellow. I don't yell and scream and get excited. I thought. So I'm talking to one of my coworkers. And we're just talking, and I can tell we're not communicating effectively. 
I'm speaking, she's speaking, but we're not really understanding each other. <laughs> Next thing you know, I jumped up and started yelling at her. Not only did I jump up and start yelling at her, I said a word, not a cuss word, and I know when I tell this story it'll probably come back to haunt me. I used one of those substitute words that we use, a word that I didn't even know was in my vocabulary. <laughs> anyway, she looks at me in surprise, <laughs> not as surprised as I was. We finished our conversation. I left for a few minutes. I had to pray. I had to repent. And I also had to thank God for showing me that there was something there that I needed to deal with. And what's interesting, when I came back and apologized to her, what she said was that she'd been praying to the Lord to help her to not be so sensitive. I'd been praying for him to show me what's in my heart. So two birds, one stone. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? First Peter 4.17 For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Yes, church, judgment starts at the church, but, but change can also start at the church. Again, we're going to talk about those affairs of the heart and the hindrances that come into play with our relationship with God. One of those is self and self-righteousness. Self-righteous is defined as confident of one's own righteousness, especially when smugly, moralistic, and intolerant of the opinions and behavior of others. Ow. One of those areas that comes to play is when we get to church, we check our bulletin, sometimes we call the week before, we want to find out who's speaking, who's singing, who's teaching Sabbath school. We know we all prefer certain types. Personally, I like somebody with a deep voice, energetic, enthusiastic, working the stage. Well, if that's your preference, today's not your day because that's not my style. <laughs> Some of us only want to hear the music that we like, forgetting how much time and effort goes into preparing the music for our worship service. Again, thank you. The real question is, why? Why is it that I, I enjoy or want or expect that certain type of preaching or singing or teaching? Am I here to hear a word, here to hear a word from the Lord? Or did I come to church so I could be entertained? Sometimes the Lord, he spoons feed, spoon feeds us with just the style we prefer. Other times, he wants us to dig deeper. Sometimes the message you get will be in Sabbath school, it'll be in the music, it'll be in the children's story. What we have to do is relax, be open, and be ready to hear from the Lord and make sure we're not blocking other people from all those opportunities he has to speak with us. Some days, again, if it's not the particular speaker that you want, he wants you to go home 
and feed yourself. He wants you to go home and spend your time in the word, put on the music that you like, and hear from him. Those are those dig deeper days. Nice. Numbers 22, 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? The Lord can and will use unexpected people and things to speak to us. A clean heart and a right spirit chooses humility. The quality or condition of being humble, modest opinion or estimate of one's own importance and rank, a willingness to be used with an open mind and to hear from whatever source the Lord decides to feed us. Another hindrance in, that can separate us from the Lord is intolerance. We're intolerant when people come in, maybe they smell like smoke, maybe they have jeans and a t-shirt on, maybe they have a dress so short they can barely move when they come up for the children's story. Maybe they have a different worship, worship style or they're in a different stage of their walk. What we have to remember, church, sometimes it's all they have. Somebody's showing up in jeans and a t-shirt, it's all they have. We need to praise the Lord that they're here. Amen. Also, church, we often forget where we came from. I don't know about you, but when I first came in the church, I would leave church, meet my friends for lunch at a restaurant, and split a bottle of wine. That's what we did. That's when I first started coming to the church. But the Holy Spirit has worked on me and convicted me in many, many areas. And here I am today. So we forget where we came from. I like this quote. It says, God uses imperfections and imperfect people to mature and mold us into his image. God uses imperfections and imperfect people to mature and mold us into his image. If we didn't have other personalities, challenging personalities to us, we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't be molded. If we didn't have things that, and people in the church that kind of got on our nerves a little, we wouldn't be growing. We wouldn't be maturing. We talk about self-righteousness and judging. I had this experience um, when I went to, first got, started going to church up in northern Nevada. I'm all buttoned down in my suit coming to church to hear some friends sing. I didn't go to that church. I didn't go to church. So I went to hear my friends sing. <clears throat> and uh, I go, and the greeter meets me, and she's very polite, and she says, hello. And then the next thing she says is, by the way, we have another church across town. You'd probably like that one better. So I was in shock. I just went, what? I stood there a minute. My friend's mom came out from the sanctuary, saw me, and we went on. And I kind of forgot that story, but it just reminds me how we tend to judge people when we see them. That's a multicultural church that I was in, but I guess she thought, from the looks at me, I needed to be across town at the other church. <laughs> Matthew 
Matthew 7, 1 through 3. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? I don't know about you, church, but I'm not in a position to judge anybody. Other things hindering our relationship with God is the world and ourself. going to get to the scripture, but I want to talk a minute about, like I said, pastor asked me to talk about modesty and about dress. And earlier I mentioned the person that smells of smoke or the person that comes in with a dress so short they can't reach down and grab the little kid's hand. <laughs> I hope you left your rocks outside so you don't throw any. Um, <laughs> church, and I'll say ladies, but gentlemen, you have your own impact on this. Church is not the place for sexy. Church is not the place for provocative. Whether it's, <clears throat> excuse me, clothes or action. And I say, earlier I said somebody that's new in church. When you're new in church, you're just kind of getting a feel of what's going on. You may not have anything else. But as we've been in the church a while, we know better. We know what's appropriate and what's not. You can wear things that are flattering and yet modest. Rule of thumb is if we're showing more skin than clothes, we might want to regroup. And again, I understand. Some of you would look hot in a paper bag. I get that. Um, however, maybe that paper bag needs a sweater over it just to make sure. Um, <laughs> When, when our brothers and sons and husbands and fathers come to church, they don't want to see that. They're here to worship. And, and again, I get it. I'm, I'm small, so I don't know what some of you go through to keep all this covered. But you can cover it. And it's funny, I don't usually pay that much attention, except sometimes when I'm sitting down and we stand up and I see a whole lot more of somebody than I really would like to see from behind. We have to make an effort. We have to be intentional about the way we dress. This morning, just kind of walking around because as my friends gave me some good advice, be consumed by the message. This has consumed me for weeks. I've awakened at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, whether I needed to or not. When they sit down, when, the, when our brothers, sons, husbands sit down, and you sit down and your dress is especially short, it's legs, legs, and more legs. And it's not Kentucky Fried Chicken. We did not just place an order. They don't want to see that. And I get it, some do. I know, like I said, keep your rocks outside. <laughs> and <laughs> the other thing, ladies, is you're setting an example whether you mean to or not. There are little girls in this church, and what they look at are the little bit bigger girls. And the little bit bigger girls, the preteens are looking at the teens, and the teens at the 20s, and on. And I think in your 30s, you probably stopped looking at the rest of us. But 
You're a model. You're either a good role model or you're a not so good role model. It is a ripple effect. In fact, sometimes when I see little girls come up front, it just hurts my spirit and it hurts my heart because they look like they're 16 years old in what they have on. I see heels and all this stuff going on. It's like we don't want our little girls. We wonder why when they're six, they act like they're 16 because they're dressing like they're 16. You know, in the world, that's what the world wants, and we, knew who, we know who's behind that. The world is setting us all up, men and women, to be nothing but objects. That's it, objects. We're not human, we're objects. When you're in war, what do you do? You work to demoralize and dehumanize the people that you're fighting against. When you're enslaved, what's one of the first things they do? Take their clothes. Church, sometimes we give them our clothes and have so much exposed <clears throat> that all people see is our bodies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the thing, church, ladies. You are so much more than your parts. So much more. You have a mind and you have a heart but sometimes the way you dress, people can't get to your mind and heart because all they see are your parts. Sometimes what happens with your parts is that they, they just can't get past it. What you're in essence saying is, I'm not worth more than this. This is what I have to offer. It's not my intelligence, it's not my heart, and I love you and I know that you're worth so much more than that. When people look at you, I want them to see Jesus, and I want them to see the beautiful, loving women and girls that I see every time I look at you. Self-respect and self-confidence, not arrogance or vanity, are attractive. A kind, loving heart and intelligent mind, that's attractive. A heart full of Jesus, it's irresistible. John 4.23 says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're a church. It's supposed to be about the worship. It's not the socializing. It's not being seen. It's about worship. I got a few things out of order here, so bear with me. Wow, Daniel, that's impressive. <clears throat> One of the things earlier, and I went past it quickly, is he must decrease, I must decrease, and he must increase. That's the only way that we're really going to be able to truly worship when we're in church. Proverbs 31, 25, and 26 says, Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with, with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. <clears throat> 
Proverbs 31.30, charm can be deceptive and beauty doesn't last, but a woman who fears and reverences God shall be greatly praised. Okay, guys, it's your turn. Two words for you. Check yourself. <clears throat> Even if I crack up when I say it. <coughs> Excuse me. Numbers 25.1. Now, Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. Again, church, we're talking about hindrances to our relationship with God. This scripture, and you can read the whole chapter, and there's several that go in there together. This was right after King Balak asked Balaam to curse the Israelites, and God wouldn't allow him to do that. So what he did is there, he decided and schemed that there was another way to get to the Israelites. He sent the Moabite women in. They committed harlotry. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh will always be available, whether it's in person or on the internet. Frankly, the church is not your personal playground. And when I say check yourself, it's that second look that can get you in trouble. The first look, you don't know you see it, but it's when you go back for the second and the third look that you get in trouble. We have to, all of us have to purpose in our heart to have a higher standard. Godly women and a godly standard. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings a friend of mine in Reno says that I have borrowed is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you look bootylicious does not mean that you have to dress accordingly. Just because men it's a free-for-all, and we can do all these different things doesn't mean we should. <clears throat> Proverbs 31.3, do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. There's one that's missing. So if you'd look up Isaiah 520, please. <clears throat> Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Again, church, it's the world trying to turn us into something other than children of God. And we all know there's many, many things now that the world is calling good that 10, 20 years ago was evil. We didn't even talk about it. And now it's good. Matthew 7, 12, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. 
In 1 Corinthians 10:24, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. We want to respect and think of others first. Again, if we're talking about dress or even our behavior, just because you can doesn't mean you should. If you know that you're going to church and your dress is too tight, that pretty much we know what you look at look like without clothes, minus the spanks, or your dress is super short, or all this is going on, then you need to think about your brothers and sisters and where you are. Make that sacrifice. We don't always do what we want, and we don't always do what's comfortable, but if we truly love God, we're thinking of others first. A clean heart and a right spirit chooses... This is what happens at, when you wake up at four and you start rearranging things. Okay, let's go to Mark 12:31, please, church. <clears throat> Mark 12:31. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Mark 12, 31. Yeah, check me. Again, those 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. and 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Other hindrances to our relationship with God. So ladies, you can relax. I'm off the, the clothing for now is criticism. Criticism, complaints, short temper, that critical spirit. Critical is defined as inclined to find fault or to judge with severity, often too readily. I hope I'm not talking to anybody today. <laughs> but sometimes church, again, we're talking about what separates us in our relationship with God and those affairs we're having in the heart some of us have an affair with a critical spirit. We have to be in control of everything. If it's not our way, we throw a fit. We have an opinion about everything. That's a, a lot of knowledge to keep up there. We know best. Our consistent dress is a scowl. And I can tell you when I'm looking out right now, you guys are looking kind of scary. Smiles would be nice. We don't want to do the work ourselves, but we're quick to criticize others when, we do, when they do it. Amen. <laughs> if you have concerns about a particular ministry, then get on it. Get on it and make a change. Don't sit back and criticize. Are you on something and you didn't get on it? Then keep praying for them. Prayer changes things, church. It pray, prayer, it's not that we're praying for them to change. Prayer is changing us while we're praying. Amen. Some of us think that it's our own personal church instead of God's. It's just the way I am. Well, it might be just the way you are, but that doesn't make it right. Amen. The Word tells us that we're to be new creatures and put off the old man. 
When we're criticizing, I hear criticism of other ministries, ministries within our church, and even other faiths outside the church. Church, we need to be careful. We don't know what God has given them to do, and we may have the Sabbath truth, but the most important truth, to love God and to love others, sometimes we put that way down on the list. And some of those other faiths are much better at loving God and loving others while we spend all our time shouting about our keeping the Sabbath. And don't get me wrong, it's important to keep the Sabbath, but I can keep it all day long, and if I don't love others and love God, we know where I'm going to be, and it's not the eternity I want. We complain about changes, privately or publicly, because it's always been done this way, and it's worked all this time. <laughs> what we don't realize, church, sometimes the Lord, he sends a change agent. He sends somebody to keep us from getting locked into our old patterns and rules to keep us from becoming pharisaical. Because if you remember, <clears throat> excuse me, the Pharisees, they had the truth of the Sabbath also. And I'll let you chew on that a minute. The Israelites spent 40 years on an 11-day journey because of their incessant complaining and critical spirit, and they never entered the promised land. Church, that affair that some of us have with that critical spirit and complaining, I don't want it to keep you from God's best for you. Again, that's when we're praying, we're asking God. Critical, inclined to find fault or to judge with severity. Let me catch up here. Matthew 12, 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That's a sobering thought. Every idle word I speak, not just my criticisms, but the things I talk about that have nothing to do with glorifying God, nothing to do with enhancing the kingdom. And I don't know about you, but I, got, I have work to do. Amen. A clean heart and a right spirit chooses love. A feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection as for a parent, a child, or a friend. Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> this is quote, another quote that I like. It says, a Christian without change is sleeping with the enemy. But a Christian being changed by Christ is a threat to the enemy. When we, start, when we start saying we've always done it this way, I want us to think about this. Other hindrances to our relationship with God, jealousy and envy. Jealousy, resentment against a rival, a person enjoying success or advantage, etc., or against another's success or advantage itself. 
Church, sometimes God wants to bless us, but we keep blocking the blessing. A friend, a family, a church member, they get a new job. We can't genuinely be happy for them. Instead, all we're thinking about is, they don't deserve that. I deserve that. I've been waiting for that. On and on and on. We hear about somebody in church and their business is failing or it's declining. We either openly or secretly, we celebrate it. Yeah, that took them down a few notches, didn't it? See, they thought they were all that. Or someone gets the ministry or position that we want and we try to sabotage it. Or it's okay if they get blessed as long as they're not blessed more than I am. And I want you to think about that one. It's okay as long as you don't get blessed bigger than I am. If you can't handle other people being blessed, how can you handle the Lord blessing you? Sometimes we want the blessing, but we don't want to do the work. Or we don't want to pay the price. Numbers 12, 1 through 3. I'm not going to read all this because my son threatened me if I went much past 1. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, it's where Miriam and Aaron are bad-mouthing Moses, basically saying, look, is he the only one God talks to? Does it sound familiar, church? So the Lord calls them all out, and Miriam has leprosy. God allowed Miriam's body to reflect her heart. It was numb, rotting, and leprous. A critical and complaining spirit can be dangerous. Just like the Israelites, it can keep you out of the promised land. I will, Genesis 12:3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. A clean heart and a right spirit chooses trust. Church, we're, we're special. We're princes and prince, princes and princesses, kings and queens. And trying to speed up through this. We are children of the king. And earlier, I think it was somebody mentioned about royalty and we're sons and daughters of the king. If we look at earthly royals, we look at Prince William and Kate. And I know they're not a perfect example, but they're everywhere, so they're open. They belong to the people, the kingdom, the country they represent. They're intentional about everything they do. Every day is planned, they're always on, and their life is under a magnifying glass. Does it sound familiar? They know they're special, and they dress and act accordingly. Shouldn't we be doing the same, church? We're royalty. Our life is under a magnifying glass. Everything we do, people are looking at it. They're watching us. They're watching to see if there's power. 
Do we have the power of the Spirit of God to change? Are we changing or do we look like everyone else? Ezekiel 11:19 says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Colossians 3:12, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Back to our original scripture, church, in Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create means to cause to come into being as something unique that would not naturally evolve or that is not made by ordinary processes. Clean is morally uncontaminated, pure, and innocent. Renew is to begin or take up again, restore. A steadfast, right spirit is defined as firmly fixed in place. So the way we could reread that scripture is to cause to come into being through extraordinary processes a new washed and scrubbed heart, O oh God, filled with pure and innocent, morally uncontaminated thoughts and right desires. Is that your desire today, church? Amen. If that's your de desire, would you stand with me, please? Word of God tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And what we have heard, we have seen truly that I believe God is calling us into a new experience. It is important, as uh, Sister Lafon highlighted, that we do not participate in these affairs, these secret affairs that assault our souls. And so many times, as, as we see time and time again, we are so locked into our tradition. We're locked into, into a certain mindset, and we're, we're, we're like a, a cow with blinders on. We're just so locked into our way of seeing things that we can experience any other blessing that God has for us. And truth be told, we know that our lives, the way we're living, we're not living according to God's principles. We're not living according to God's way. And I believe God has a purpose for each and every one of us. We see truly these secret affairs of our hearts. If we are a woman, there's a way we, we dress. 
we, we conduct ourselves in a certain way because we want to get a certain response. If we are men, we know that we are, we are governed by a lot of the things that we see. And we know what's in our hearts. We know our intentions. We know even when we think, when we, we pretend that we're not looking, but we are looking. And we are, we are carried away by our temptations. And I believe God wants better. Because as, as Sister Lafon mentions, and I like that, as she talked about royalty, you know, a, roy, a person that is born into a royal family, they know that they're important. They know that everything is mapped out and spelt out for them. The day is spelt out and, and they have to live in a, in, 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 a, in a certain way. They have to conduct their lives in a certain way. And I believe that if this is just an ordinary monarch down here, and their lives is, is ordered in a certain way, how about us? How about us? How about us? We are children of the King. And God is calling us to live better. He's not calling us to live like any other ordinary person. He's calling us to live better. God has given us his words. He has given us his promise. And I believe that's very important for us to realize this fundamentally, what God is doing in our lives. Amen? God, he takes, and I like what she says, he takes the imperfect situations imperfect people to help us on our way what we have to understand all of us are flawed even those of us that like to point the finger or point the nose or the lip you know different depending on what culture you're from you point something but whatever you point just think back what's being pointed back to you church we are not there yet. None of us have sprout wings yet. None of us. And I believe God is calling us into a reality right now. Every one of us, we're broken. We're broken. We're broken. And God wants to fix us. He wants to bring us back together. Amen? We're like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Had a great fall. We're all falling, but God wants to pull us back together. Church, there is a kingdom that is coming, and there is a loving God that's in that kingdom. He wants you to be in that kingdom. And so today, as we close out, we all have these secret affairs. We all have these struggles. God wants us to give it to him. He wants us to not to be, he doesn't want us to be confident in our own ability. He wants us to give it to him. And so today, this afternoon, we want to make an appeal of those that want to surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, I have a secret affair. I am here. I'm standing. I'm in first in line. I have a secret affair. I have a struggle. I 
have a struggle and it is hard. But I want to surrender it all to you. Jesus, I'm surrendering it all to you. Jesus, please. I'm a Christian. I, I've been in the church for 50 years. I, 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 I know that I came. I'm a third generation Christian. I, I, but I want to give it to you. I recognize that it is not me. But I want to give it to you. If this is your desire, please, I'm asking to raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for God's anointing on you. There's someone that came to church today. And when you came in, you want to say, you came in today. You came in today and you didn't know even why you came here. But you've heard the word today. And you want to say, Jesus, I want to surrender 100% to you. I want to be saved when Jesus Christ comes. I want to be with the saints that will be redeemed. And I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not looking at any woman. I'm not looking at any man. I'm looking at Jesus Christ and him only. And I want to be saved in his kingdom. If this is your desire, I'm asking you to slip out of your seat. I'm asking you to run to the front. I'm asking you to give it all over to Jesus. Jesus is calling you today. Today he's calling you. Full surrender. Full surrender. Laying it all down. Jesus. You're going to be my only focus from now on. Praise God. My only focus, if this is your desire or visiting friends, you're visited for the first time. If you want to come, you want to surrender to Jesus, come. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you today. Today, will you not come? Jesus is calling you today to surrender all. Just break out. Just move out of that pew. Come down. Surrender to Jesus Christ today. 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 We have heard the servant of God speaking today. The word was clear. Today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Today. There's someone else that is holding out. And the devil has his arms around your neck. And he wants you to surrender. You want to be baptized. As an example of following Jesus Christ today. If this is your desire, come right down. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for God's anointing upon your life. You want to be filled with God's spirit. I invite you to come today. As we are about to pray, feel free in the prayer. As our eyes are closed, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to come. Surrender to him. Praise God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much. We thank you for the word, Father. 
as we focus on modesty, as we focus on what Christ wants us to be, as we focus on what we will look like in the kingdom of glory, as we focus on this, and as we know that we cannot do this on our own, we need Jesus Christ. We need a divine injection in our mess down here to help us to get up there. I pray, Father, that your anointing will be upon each and every one of us, Lord. These precious souls that came forward today, I pray, Father, that you will anoint them. And there are others, Lord, others, friends, and loved ones in the congregation, and even listening online, Lord, they want to surrender their lives, Lord. I pray that you'll help them to surrender before it is eternally too late. Lord, You've seen the hands that have been lifted up. We don't want to live in any ordinary way. We want an extraordinary God living in our hearts. And we want to make a difference in our families, in our communities, in our church. Oh, Father, in a special way, I pray that you'll sweep across this congregation. Sweep across, right across the internet. Individuals that are listening right now, even on the radio, Father, we just ask that your anointing will be upon us, Lord. Oh, Father, you're coming back again. And when you come back, you're coming back, Lord, to have that great eternal party with all the redeemed. Oh, it's going to be a great experience. Bless us and keep us until then, Lord. We are so careful in all these things to give you the glory, to give you the honor, and give you the praise. Keep your eyes on Jesus, please, saints. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior and soon coming King. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Blessings. Blessings. Precious. Blessings. 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 As we come to the close of our service, it's such a great experience to be uh, here with the Lord and allowing the Lord to just lead us. Jada is going to be giving us our benediction. But as we uh, prepare for the benediction, I want you to remember a few things. Remember one, men, we want you to be at uh, 2.15. Just gobble up lunch. Lunch is provided. Gobble it up. We're going to be heading there, 2.15, all men, New Life Church. If you don't know where New Life Church, see one of the elders, Elder Brown, myself, uh, we will get you there. Amen? And um, so that's 2.15. Remember tonight, young, young people, Texas Station, going bowling. Uh, come on out, support, and uh, let's just have a great time as we fellowship together. I want to thank God for the messenger of the hour. It was a message. I want you to put your hands together. Glory goes to God. Glory goes to God. But we are just so thankful. As you leave today, uh, you